Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this special Super Bowl weekend edition of What's the Word? The show that's about finding out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Shaval John, and thank you for joining me. I had the honor of chatting with Maria Ross, who is the owner of Red Slice, and uh, she stopped by to chat with me about not just the Super Bowl, but of course um, the implications of how uh, you know Super Bowl uh, ads and the things along those nature can make an impact on small businesses, which you're going to be really uh, surprised to hear her answer on that there. And of course, she, you know, to talk about, and also she shared at the end about her new course, which you guys will be able to join uh, after, like, listen to, you know, once she announced it on this uh, podcast interview. So without further ado, uh, here's the interview with uh, Maria Ross. I, I think actually I kind of want to see Atlanta win because uh, I just. I think they're kind of the underdog, and it would be nice to see the underdog win. So, <laughs> and I really like Matt Ryan uh, as a quarterback. So, um, I think that would be great. Okay. Well, and here's here's what's so funny because people because a lot of people are choosing the Falcons to win. So, technically, the Patriots are the underdog, <laughs> <laughs> but not in the macro view of things. Like, I'm I'm a little over hearing about them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Well, yeah. Well, uh, well, of course. Now, you know, for those that's going to be listening to this, um, you know, the Super Bowl is actually happening here, and it's it has been it's been an interesting experience to see all this happening here. So, mm-hmm. um, here's a question I got to ask: um, How do you think uh, people are preparing themselves, you know, now for the Super Bowl since it's a couple of days away? Um. Well, not that that's about branding and marketing, but <laughs> um, I, I think they're probably just preparing like you prepare for any other big game. I mean, they are. I mean, are you talking specifically about companies, or are you talking about people? Yeah, specifically, specifically talking about people, and of course, some businesses. Which I'm going to say, for example, a lot of businesses here are extending their hours uh, for you know because of Super Bowl. I know that right. they don't do that. Right. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. I think some. I mean. Yeah, people are preparing for Super Bowl parties. They're preparing for tailgating. Um, they're preparing for just a really great cultural event. Um, and then businesses are preparing probably to just leverage the hoopla, right? I mean, they might be running Super Bowl promotions, um, bars and restaurants especially, um, or probably running promotions, probably increasing their staff and um, increasing their their capability to handle the crowds, you know, all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's just a really fun cultural event that people are excited about, and, and I think we we need something happy and, and something unifying pull us together right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you at that. All right, now I'm going to ask, so can you share with us about your new upcoming uh, course that you are going to be sharing uh, starting in a couple of weeks? Well, yeah, before we get to that, I don't want to just kind of go into that. You know, we were, we were going to have a discussion about, about how to sort of market yourself and sell yourself when, when you don't like to um, and talk about how to describe what you do in a way that gets more people to hire you. So, um, you know, let's, let's have a discussion about that before we go into, like, promoting things. Um, 
uh, you know, do we have do you have any specific questions around around that aspect? I've got some tips to share, but what are you hearing from your audience and from your clients in terms of promotion and and talking about themselves, especially if they have a very complex business that's hard to explain? I think that, I think from what I've what I've uh, noticed in the last uh, couple of uh, you know weeks, it's like people are trying to figure out how to promote themselves more, and especially you know like they feel. I mean, I like they, they feel like they can't promote themselves because they're afraid of being too salesy, and, and it's just that getting getting over that hump. So, mm-hmm. how do you do? How do you get over that hump? Well, um, you know, with my audience, I like to share a few tips on on that. Um, I think that just on a macro level, if you are not excited about what you do, and if you don't have the desire to shout it from the rooftops because it's so valuable and it's so wonderful and it's of good quality, then why should any anyone else be excited? And that's what I always tell people who hate sales. Um, because if you're not the one who's your biggest fan in promoting yourself, why should any of your prospective customers care? So you want to put marketing out there, right, to get people excited about your offerings. But if you're not excited about talking about your offerings, then you can't really expect other people to be excited about it. So that's kind of number one. I try to start from that place of, you know, if you value offer and solve a problem for people, you owe it to them to tell them about it. And and that's really all sales is. And it doesn't have to be sleazy and it doesn't have to be icky or slimy. It's just about getting your message out there and saying, this is who I am. This is what I offer. This is the value that I provide. You know, if this is for you, Come, come in. And if it's not for you, that's totally okay. So I think that helps people relax a little bit about the whole fear of self-promotion in that there's a way to do it with class. There's a way to do it with grace. There's a way to do it with tact. And I think that it all starts with um, just leading with the benefits and the and the, the value of what you offer. So if you are just going to, you know, just actually this interview is a great example. I mean, I don't want to start with a sales pitch that's, that's in your face, that's yeah. kind of rude. And so it's really about having a conversation with people and giving them value before they ever spend a dime with you. And so that they can get to know, like, and trust you. And I will tell you that in over nine years of doing business, I've never had to give a sales pitch. Because I have conversations with people. I talk to people about them. What, what are your problems? What are your challenges? What do you need help with? Um, hey, here are some things I have that could help. And because I believe in the quality of what I deliver and the advice that I give, I can do that honestly. You know, it's not, it's not about lying to people or sort of trying to convince them to buy your products or use your services. And so um, some of the tips that I give people, I, I kind of have um, – a few tips, which we're going to talk about a little, a little bonus perk at the end of this for your folks that are that are on this. But um, the first thing is to to simplify. You should never be giving sort of an elevator pitch. That's that's well, I kind of do this. I mean, well, it's sort of like this. Um, it's kind of hard to explain because if you again, if you can't explain it, <laughs> how is anyone else supposed to know what it is and if it's right for them? So you really want to simplify um, your your elevator pitch. It's just don't don't get too clever, don't get too fancy. You know, you can be a little bit intriguing, but but give people the information they want. Um, there's there's a famous quote you may have heard of it from Einstein that says, "If you can't explain it to a six year old, you don't understand it well enough yourself." 
And mm -hmm. I, I work with my clients from that perspective that, you know, you got to know your audience, but simplify what you do. It shouldn't take you one to two minutes to actually explain, to get to the point of what you do. It should be, this is what I do. This is who it's for. This is what value it brings. Boom. Um, and then in that simplification, you know, ditching the jargon and the acronyms. Um, there's a lot of companies out there, as you know, that, that talk about themselves with very, they're either using words nobody ever uses in conversation <laughs> or they're using acronyms that no one might understand. Now, the, the caveat to that is if you have an acronym, acronym that everyone in your target audience understands, then yes, it's okay to use that. But when you're just trying to, to explain what you do and sort of pitch someone, I hate using that word, but pitch someone on your business, um, simplify it and ditch the jargon. Just what is it, who is it for, and why do they absolutely need it right now? What problem does it solve? Um, and then, like I mentioned, just leading with benefits. So you can describe what you do by saying what people get from you. So you lose weight, you attract more clients, you are a calmer, happier person. You know, whatever, whatever the benefits are that they get, that's a great way to lead into a conversation that doesn't feel icky or slimy or, or egotistical. It's because it's, again, it's about them. Um, and another way that I've seen people do this is to frame it in terms of the problems that you solve. So it's, it's negative, you know, like if you don't want to be overwhelmed by all your stuff, I can help. If you don't want to be stressed out and anxious about your taxes, I can help. So you can either lead with benefits by painting a picture for people, or you can lead with the pain points that they have and the fact that you solve them. And again, those are just, those are conversations that it's, it's not about all the great things that you do and how you do it and why you're so awesome. It's, it's this is the problem that I solve for you. Um, and that was kind of like a long-winded <laughs> answer to your question. But um, I think if we just really think about the other person and have an empathetic conversation with them, you're never selling. You're really just taking them on a journey and getting to know them and offering value along the way. And then when they're ready to buy, they'll buy from you. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, I mean, it's like, it's basically like, like the fact that, for example, if you have a great value to share, you know, you post it on there and you, and you know, you basically giving it away for free, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you're basically putting in a uh, time value, which you don't get back because you know it's going to solve someone's problem. And in their minds, they're thinking, okay, if this person can share this for free, then there must be something more that they can do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what is so great about some some sales pages that you that we all have seen probably on the internet and have bought products or services is they don't feel like a pitch they feel like an invitation um a good friend of mine melissa casera who's a publicity expert always talks about kind of um thinking about your sales pages as an invitation to a party dinner invitation you know why should they come What's going to be there? Um, you know, make it make it fun, make it human, make it really all about them and the problems that that you solve for them, and um, it's just it's just a better conversation. It's more fun, quite frankly, to just market your business in that way. It doesn't feel icky. It doesn't feel slimy. It's not dishonest. And again, if it doesn't resonate for people, that's fine. You know, there might be people who don't resonate with your message or your brand voice or your um, tone, or they're not looking for those benefits and that's cool. You know, talk to the people for whom, talk to the people you're talking to is what 
to kind of break it down is is you want to talk to that tribe and it's not about how can I create a sales message or a sales page that appeals to everyone under the sun because you can't possibly do that. So um, you really have to know your audience and know your tribe and know who you're talking to so that you can connect with them and resonate with them really well. Um, and you know, I'm sure you've worked on that with your clients as well. Yeah, and the thing is too, I mean, like for example, like right now, you know, you guys, that's still both about to start a couple of days now, but the fact that the parties, the, the facilities has happened, that's basically, you know, providing, you know, providing a fun entertainment for us here in Houston that's making us, knowing that these guys understand what we need, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you know, to, to add on to that, you know, for the volunteers that's working this, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, especially like, you know, for media that's covering this, especially here in Houston, they they have a time opportunity because if they're not say if they're not a beat reporter for a football team, they can't go they can't fly over there with football side. But if, since it's here, these guys are here covering it and they can add that to their portfolio per se. It's, that's that's in the same way like how like for us, you know, business owners we have to, you know, find a problem that, that can solve Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a great example of this is, um, I, I, as you know, I've written a book about branding, but I also wrote a personal memoir a few years ago. And it was really hard to work on that book because it was a story I needed to share because I was trying to help other people. But, you know, how do you write a memoir about yourself that is not all about you, right? So what I learned in that process is that you have to make sure that everything you're saying and everything you're doing is with that reader or customer or client in mind. And so that's how you avoid the egotism. That's how you avoid the slime factor. And we all know those people, right? We've seen them on the internet. We've met them at networking events that they're shoving their business card in your face. And it's like, this is what I do. And this is why I'm so great. And blah, 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 blah. And they don't ask you, you know, one question about yourself or what you need or what, you know, so it's amazing how, how much generosity and listening and empathy is actually the best sales traits out there. I think there was a Harvard study, Harvard Business School study several years ago that said the best, the, the best marker of success, the best trait of success for a salesperson was empathy. And, you know, this is where we get into introverts thinking they're horrible at sales. They're actually not. Introverts are awesome at sales because they know how to listen. They know how to, like, empathize and take it in. And, um, you know, so I, I think it's it's just really about, about having that conversation and making sure that everything you do, I mean, kind of going back to the memoir example, every chapter I wrote, every every story I told in there, if it was a story where I felt like I was just talking about me, we cut it out. Because I was like, why Why am I telling the story? What do I hope that someone's going to get out of the story that I'm sharing? And, you know, there were some people, I've got, I've got hundreds of reviews on Amazon for that book, and there were a, f- a few negative ones that didn't think I succeeded in that, that said, you know, well, this book was all about her. And I thought, well, it is a memoir, so it's kind of <laughs> But, you know, most people were like, oh, my God, she she 
she was telling my story. Um, her, her information helped my family so much during this difficult time. So that's how I knew, you know, when the majority of the people were, were reacting in the way that I'd hoped they'd react, I felt like, whew, I succeeded in not just making this all about me. Um, and so that's what we, we need to try to do as marketers and as business owners and as entrepreneurs is, yeah, it's all well and good and great that we have our business um, but but why should other people care? And and this is where I kind of get annoyed with some of the some of the businesses that are you know all about like look at me and it's all it's all glam shots of me all over and you know here I am on YouTube and I'm only talking about myself for like a half an hour on a on a video when I'm supposed to be delivering value to somebody you know so um, that gets annoying and that gets it's just you don't want to be annoying right <laughs> it's not good for sales <laughs> so. And you know, sorry, and you know what's also interesting too is like for most of business owners that can apply to us, uh, us entrepreneurs, it's the fact that most business owners don't listen to their employees because they forget that their employees are the number one customer. Mm -hmm. And if if uh, an employee is not is not valued and they feel like their bosses don't care about them, mm -hmm. they're going to leave you high and dry, mm -hmm. and then it's going for you to grow your business that's mm -hmm. that's one thing that I think most businesses and really anyone is this is yeah. that you know is that if that did not that their employees are number one and even Richard Branson said that in one of his uh, I don't remember which one but he said that you know, at one point that his employees is is his number one customer paraphrase so that's why Virgin has become mm -hmm. one of the most successful brands in the world I mean, what are you yeah. With that? yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my branding work with corporate clients, um, HR and recruiting is part of the conversation. And some of them don't understand why. They think it just has to be a marketing conversation. And I tell them the, the biggest way that you live out your brand is through your people. And you can have all the slick ads and the best website and the coolest products. If your people are not treating customers and clients and partners in the way that you want your brand promise to show up in the world, then you're screwed. So they're, they're your biggest brand asset is your people. And so, um, and again, it's, it's, are they focused? Do they understand the brand promise that we're trying to deliver to the market? Do they understand our values? Do they understand our mission? Um, and those are the people you actually want to recruit into the organization, right? You know, people go, why do we have to have HR in this brand workshop? And I'm like, well, they're bringing in your brand ambassadors, aren't they? They're bringing in the biggest brand evangelists you'll ever have, which are your employees. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's so true that it's it's really an internal and an external thing. But, you know, if we're specifically talking about solopreneurs who might be on this call, um, you know, you're everything, right? You are the you are the person who the, you are customer service. You are the salesperson. You are the marketer. You are all of those things. And so. It is a little easier to make things consistent if you're just one person because it's just you in the conversation unless you have multiple personalities or something, <laughs> but it's just you in your own head. And so um, getting a consensus around that and a consistency around that in theory should be much easier. Um, you know, I work with solopreneurs, so I know that they do struggle with that sometimes, but um, you know, there's just a natural extension of, of, especially when you're selling and you're describing your services and you're describing what you do, um, hopefully you've started a business that you believe in and that you're passionate about. And especially if you know you're delivering value, 
um, and you know you're offering a quality product or service, don't be afraid to stand behind it. Be confident because somebody needs it. And, and you owe it to them to help them. So you owe it to them to amplify your message and promote yourself in a, in a non-sleazy, <laughs> cool, you know, graceful way, <laughs> which is what my course is all about, which is what soulful selling is all about. So, Well, let's, well let me transition it back to Soulful a little bit because here's the thing. Because, you know, like third-party media, third-party, uh, you know, person is, a, is the biggest uh, endorsement for you, your brand. And that's right. what the media is about. Like, for example, right. like, you know, most of the players here, they, you know, they're required to to, have to answer to the media right. every day. And, they, and, of course, they kind of, like, you know, at times are annoyed with the media. Right. Because of the questions that they ask. But the thing that, that, the thing that you know, most might not understand is that the media helps them because they help them to get these big contracts, mm-hmm. per se, because global coverage. Right. Per se, so they're like indirectly their partners. Yes. Absolutely. That's a, so, so the question to, 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 uh, to uh, transition into this is, why, how, how can uh, solopreneurs get, you know, get in contact, like, reach out to media that, to, to, that shares about their breath? So they like, uh, so they like go ahead and continuously write blog posts, you know, that can solve a problem, and then you know, hoping that someone writes. So they just go up and contact, you know, someone that they know personally first, who runs a blog, and grow their audience slowly. What, what's your thought? So that? yes, <laughs> all of it. I mean, I'm I'm not a PR expert, but yeah. I'm a branding expert, and I've I've overseen in corporate PR departments and. Uh, PR efforts and it's all of it really there's there's not if there was one simple answer everyone would be famous so there's no shortcut there's no like magic thing that you're not doing that makes you not in the media so it's everything it's building a body of work that's online that's searchable um, whether it's videos or podcasts or or blogs or contributed articles um, and that takes time um, but then, yes, it's also working your contacts and networking and, and somebody knows something, but having a clear target of knowing, you know, knowing your audience and knowing your brand so you know which um, publications or websites you need to be pitching, right? I, I'm not going to pitch a website, per se, that has nothing to do with solopreneurs or small businesses or startups, right? It's a waste of my time. So I want to I wanna reach publications, hit my target audience that they read. And that's why, you know, in, in the brand conversations we've had before, that's why I, I, I have my clients create an ideal client or customer profile. Because in that, you determine where do they get their information? What magazines do they read? What websites do they visit? What, what uh, networks do they watch? You know, all those kinds of questions help you determine your PR plan. So um, it's, it's everything. It's, it's, you, you, need, you need to pick... I kind of call it an intersection, right? It's an intersection of, because there's a billion things you could be doing, right, for marketing. It's overwhelming. So where I, um, I'm working on a a year-long coaching program right now called Momentum, which I will be offering again in September. And a lot of what I'm working with those folks on is is simplification and focus. So yes, there's 9 billion marketing 
tactics you could do out there. There's like hundreds of blogs you could pitch or, or magazines or, you know, do you, do you pitch TV stations? Do you do all this? So it's about just focus and, and where is your target audience overlapped with your best skills and your, your interests? So if you hate being on camera, don't pitch TV stations, right? I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but, but then if you hate being on camera, don't do video. Um, if you hate writing, maybe you do a podcast instead of a blog. So, so you have to map. There's, there's lots of different places where your target audience probably is, and you want to map that with the efforts that you actually enjoy doing because otherwise you won't do them. So, you know, to say I'm going to do a video series and a podcast and a blog and, you know, it's just it's unrealistic because you're, you're a solopreneur and you're working on your own. So, um, you know, work those contacts. For me, for example, um, I have a column on entrepreneur.com now, um, and that's a very specific target. There's lots of places I could have a column, but that really hits kind of my, my corporate clients, my startup clients really well. So that's worth my time to get that column and to work on it and to write articles for it. Um, but it doesn't mean my target audience isn't in other places. So um, for me, I enjoy writing. I love writing. Um, and so that's how I've chosen to do a lot of my marketing. But someone else could decide that they want to do podcasting or they want to do TV or they want to do something else. So um, it's, it's really – I'm kind of getting away from your question a little bit because it, I think people jump to that tactic first of, like, how do I get in the media? But it's like, whoa, whoa, like, crawl before you can run. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Who are you trying to reach? What do you enjoy doing? And then figure out what outlets are the best outlets for quote-unquote media. You know, media is kind of a, a very blurry term these days. You know, is it, is it TV? Is it radio? Is it podcasts? Is it websites? Is it, you know, video, uh, YouTube series? Whatever it is. So, um, you know, be very strategic about um, you, could, you could probably hit people that have smaller, more loyal audiences versus the mass media. And that's actually, that might be better for your business because those people are more um, open to following the advice of things that they see or hear on that podcast or on that video show. So I found, especially for promoting my books, for example, you know, I've been on, I've been on MSNBC and I can tell you I didn't see a big uptick in book sales just from being on MSNBC. Where I see the uptick in sales is when I do more of the smaller niche targeted podcasts with uh, smaller audiences and, um, you know, more loyal viewership, um, or when I write a contributed article for a, for a website that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in their community, but maybe you've never heard of them. So it's, it's don't get seduced by it has to all be mass national global media. It, it doesn't. It has to be just targeted based on, on your audience and, and your style and where you can make the most traction quickly. Well, I wish we had more time to chat more, which I, I have to have you back on because I think I want to chat about, you know, so like, you know, about, like for the entrepreneur, like, you know, podcasting, like talking about the difference between a mass media and, and how we can go, go about reaching out to the, to our, the, you know, start off slow by just reaching out to the, to the niche media first. So, Definitely will have to have you back on. So, so now, uh, where can people find out more about your upcoming course? Yeah, so I'm running a one-day 
power course on February 23rd called Soulful Selling, and it's how to sell more without being sleazy. And it's going to be um, a webinar in the morning, and then everyone's going to take the afternoon to craft sales copy for their sales page, which I am actually going to personally review everybody's sales page and provide some feedback and some polish. And then at the end of the day, we'll all reconvene for any last questions. Um, so it's going to be a power-packed day for folks, and you can find out about it at red-slice.com forward slash soulful, um, S-O-U-L-F-U-L. And um, I'm going to be taking a limited number of people um, for that course because obviously I need to be able to have the bandwidth to review people's sales pages. <laughs> It'd be great if a thousand people signed up, but I, I can't do that. So um, yeah, so that is going to be offered February 23rd. So people need to sign up now. And um, is this is this live right now or is this going live tomorrow? It's live right it's now. It's live right now. Perfect. Okay. So if anyone's listening and they sign up by this Saturday. Um, and I will know because I'll see you come through. Um, I actually have a free guide that I'll give you as a bonus called How to Describe What You Do So More People Buy From You, which is going to talk about some of the things we talked about at the top of the interview, as well as provides fill-in-the-blank templates for crafting your elevator pitch. So if you sign up for Soulful Selling by Saturday at midnight Pacific time um, at red-slice.com forward slash soulful, S-O-U-L-F-U-L, um, I will get you that freebie um, for signing up by Saturday night. Yay! Right. <laughs> and it's going to be super fun. It's going to be a really, really fun course, um, and you're just you're going to get a lot out of it for one day. So I'm pretty excited about it. Well, everyone, I hope you uh, enjoyed the interview with Maria Ross, and hope you can uh, go to her website at red-slice.com red to uh, sign up for her Soulful Stone course. And, of course, uh, you know, you can uh, follow her on Twitter at Red Slice and also, you know, look at her columns on entrepreneur.com as well. So please uh, check it out. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed uh, this weekend. As you can see, like, if you guys can hear below me, you know, it's um, it's uh, basically a party central right now at a live uh, sports bar and grill right now. So, uh, you know, because it's Super Bowl uh, weekend. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy yourselves tonight. And uh, that is it uh, for, this, for this show. If you miss this episode live, it will be archived on iTunes, Stitcher, on Google Play Music. And also you can visit my marketing company's website, Vlada Media, at www.vladamedia.com forward slash podcast. That's two. That's www.vladamedia.com forward slash podcast. That's two. To, uh, to listen to this episode and, and all the past episodes of What's the Word. So just to let you guys know, uh, tomorrow after, tomorrow morning uh, will be another show. Uh, do, uh, there's guest of honor for that is uh, Jackie Bernardi. Uh, you will hear uh, her pick uh, for uh, the Super Bowl that's happening. And also, you're also going to hear my pick, too, uh, for the Super Bowl that's happening. So... Please tune in tomorrow. Uh, well, thank you again for joining me on What's the Word, the show that's about finding out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Cheval John. Be real and be independent. And I leave you now with uh, Hannes Barrett Hanneman with Opus One. Have a great evening, and we'll hope I will see you guys tomorrow. Uh -huh.